worship the Lord. Great song of the church. Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me. With his redeeming blood, he loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He wants me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing of his cleansing power. I'll sing the 
Last verse, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I life. We're glad that uh, you're here. We welcome you. As far as announcements, we have Celebrate Recovery Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, we are collecting some items that we're going to give to the folks who are, are less fortunate here in town. Uh, there's a definite shift in the, the dynamics and the demographics of our city, and we just simply want to reach out to these people out of love. On the table in the foyer, and I believe there is a, uh, a list up here of the same ones, but we're collecting items to give to uh, to the less fortunate folks here in Chester. And that is, we're doing that through Celebrate Recovery. But if you'd like to start bringing in some of these items, I think some of them are just kind of basic things. Uh, bar of soap, tubes of toothpaste, uh, toothbrushes, deodorant, towels, things like that. Uh, things that if you were having a hard time and you were down on your luck, it would, it would help you out. So the specifics and the details are on a sheet looks just like this is in the foyer if you'd like to take a picture with your phone take it with you next time you're at dollar general to walmart uh spend three or four dollars and pick up some we'll make sure that they get it uh as far as that goes i think that's the only announcement announcement i have uh we we just got out of vacation bible school and we've been dealing with some uh, health issues and whatnot we really wanted to show this last week but we weren't ready so uh, this week we want to show you kind of what Vacation Bible School was all about. Had several people make decisions. Had a whole church full of people serving the Lord. And we just want to share some of that with you. Uh, you were a part of all this. So thank you, James. We have been given the righteousness of God through our King Jesus. Who died and rose for us So we have chosen To love Him and obey Wearing His righteousness 
care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. It, it, just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow and you've known about it for four weeks and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey! Hey! Can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Hmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Whoa, money really does grow on trees. And we wish all our fathers a happy Father's Day. Yo, I want to continue with the Break Me to Make Me series. We've been looking at, at men of God who just kind of went through some rough patches in their life, but still God used them, and God still empowered them. God didn't throw them away. He used them. Uh, what I'm going to look at today is about a man by the name of, of Pete. Uh, his formal name would have been Peter. His daddy was John, and he grew up fisher, uh, being a fisherman. He grew up along the Sea of Galilee. They'd haul in fish, and they'd fish at night, fish in the daytime. That's how they made their living. That's how they paid their bills. Um, this was uh, the man that Jesus had came to and said, Hey, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So this is in the same area where this is going on, but it, this is after the crucifixion. This is after the resurrection. This is going to be about the third time Jesus appears to the disciples. And every time Jesus shows up after the resurrection, it's always a little weird. It's, because we don't really know how all this happened. Uh, but we're looking at a resurrected body of Jesus who is able to transport himself from one place to the other at the speed of thought. I mean, there's just some crazy stuff going on. The disciples and Peter are out on this, up in the northern Galilee. They're on this this great big lake. If you've, if you've ever been across Wren Lake, kind of get an idea of, of kind of the size of it. They're out there and uh, they're fishing. They see some guy walking up on the shore and he starts cooking breakfast. And, you know, this is, this is after everything. This is after Peter had denied Jesus three times. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. Pete probably thought that, you know, my ministry is done. And uh, they go to the shore. Jesus is there making an Israeli breakfast buffet for him. Uh, 
After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, now I want you to notice Jesus doesn't call Simon Peter, Simon Peter. This is the words that he used. Jane, throw the text up, please. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Doesn't use, doesn't use Pete, okay? Simon, son of John. This probably would have been the name that Jesus would have used whenever he called him to begin with. Whenever he was given the evangelist's hook to hook fisher, uh, to hook men. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that word love there is agape. It's that unconditional uh, deep love that just never stops. He says, Pete, do, do you agape me? Do you love me like that? Do you love me more than these others? Yes, Jesus, uh, Peter replied. You know I'm your, I'm your friend. I want you to notice that's not what Jesus had asked him. The word for friend there, that type of friendship love, is a word called filio. Uh, it means I'm your buddy. It's a brotherly love. It's where we get our word for Philadelphia, brotherly love. So Jesus asked him, do you love me? I mean, really love me? And he said, man, you know I'm your partner. You know I'm your homie. You know I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you really agape me? Do you really love me unconditionally? Yeah, Lord, Peter said, you know I'm your friend. Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. Jesus said once more, he asked him, Simon, son of John, are you even my friend? Now see, Jesus asked him three different times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? The first two are agape. And both times, Pete responds back with, eh, I really like you. We're buddies. Second time, Jesus said, do you really, really love me? Agape love. Peter once again says, eh, I really like you. I'm your buddy. And this third time, Jesus says, do you really... Do you really filio me? I mean, even the love that you tell me you have, is that really real? Because Jesus said, Pete, do, do you filio me? A am I really your homie? Am I really your buddy? Am I really your friend? Are you really that type of, are we, do we have that kind of relationship? Because I'm not really quite sure you do. Peter was grieved at the way Jesus asked the question this third time. With that context, now you understand why it kind of got in Peter's crawl. Oh, he's calling me out. He's noticing I'm not using agape. I'm using filio. He's noticing. He's something. And it just hurts Pete's heart because Pete knew where he had been. I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's, he is in the geographical location that three years before this moment, Jesus had called Peter out and said, Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And now Peter went back to the life that he had lived. After all the denial, after all the rejection, after all the rebuffing of Jesus, after the failure, after, the, after saying, oh, I don't know him. After all that, Peter's back where he was. And at breakfast on the shore, Jesus confronts Peter. He doesn't belittle him. He doesn't take his nose and shove it down in his sin. He doesn't whip him. But he does want Peter to know, hey, man, there were some mistakes made. You dropped the ball. I know that, you know that. But I'm not done with you. You're not disqualified. You're not taken off the roster. You're still in the game. I want you to notice the name that Jesus doesn't call him. He doesn't call him Peter. The word Peter means, uh, in the original language, is Petra, which means rock. Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. You're Peter, okay? And Jesus says, you're a Peter, I'm Pet, uh, you're, you're Peter the rock, and I'm the big rock, and I'm going to build my church on you. And most people believe that, that Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Roman Catholics believe that Peter was the first pope. Uh, and when Jesus gave Peter the evangelistic hook, 
What we see him now in John 21 doing is giving him the shepherd's crook, saying, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. He's went from the evangelist role now to a pastoral role, but I want you to understand something. This is the same Peter who said three different times the night before Jesus was crucified, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. This is the guy who said, Jesus, I'll follow you to prison, I'll die for you, I'll do whatever you need me to do, I'll never, be, I'll never turn you away, I'll never deny you, I'll never do anything that and sure enough he did now for lots of us we would have flushed him man we would have taken him off our contact list we would have unfriended him on facebook book we would have wanted nothing to do with him we would have blocked him on every platform we have but not jesus i want you to notice that after peter's failure at the fire peter went back to his former life he went back to his nets and his boats his homies that he used to run with growing up there in the northern Galilee. He went right back to his old life, the things he knew, running with the same old crowd. Church, how often do we do that? We get on fire with Jesus, run with Jesus, talk to Jesus, love Jesus, read His Word, we're in the, we're in the Word, we're on our knees praying, we're, we're going to church, we're ministering, we're serving, but before too long, our, wax, our, our, our hearts wax cold and we start getting away from God. We don't go like we used to, we don't give like we used to, we don't serve like we used to, we don't read like we used to we don't pray like we used to and the next thing you know we've went from being over there to now we're going back to our old way of life you ever done that running with the same people using the same language saying the same jokes doing the same things oh but i still love jesus but we kind of get over here yo that's that is exactly what happened to pete he goes right back to his old life. He, this was the guy who Jesus said, Upon you I'll build my church. My, 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 how he's fallen. We would think that that's the end of him. But it's not. That's not how it works in the kingdom. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Man, those are, there's three words for love in Greek, but only two of them are mentioned in this passage. Agape and philio. Agape is that highest love of the will, that love that implies total commitment, total surrender, total unconditioned. I'm going to love you no matter what. And to me, in my life, the, the love that, that I can compare that to is really the love you have for your children. Okay? Um, I can imagine a certain set of, uh, I, I can imagine a, a, a certain set of folks should have a hard time understanding what that agape love means. But if your kids ask you anything, or your grandkids ask you anything, will you move heaven and earth to do it? Will you move heaven and earth to do what your kids or your grandkids need? I would. I mean, I love them unconditionally. There's nothing that they could do that would make me say, oh, man, I'm not their dad. I don't know them. Because I love them unconditionally. No matter what, I'm always going to love them. And that's the closest way I can understand that agape love. Now, I know what friendship love's about. I got homies I run with and fish with and golf with and hunt with and eat with and vacation with. I know those homies. But this is a whole other type of love. And here's Pete, who had failed Jesus so miserably and so spectacularly and so publicly. You would think that, man, that was the end of the road for him. But that's the amazing thing about Jesus. He knows how messed up we are. Even after we've been redeemed and we messed up, he still knows how messed up we are. And here's the thing. He still loves us. He'll chase us down to the northern Galilee out of our old life and say, man, what are you doing here? I've not taken it away from you. I've not taken the purpose or the plan or the mission away from you. And lots of times we'll disqualify ourselves. And God is saying, why are you sitting on the bench? Get in the game. Why are you sitting there getting the game? Well, 
But God, don't you know what I did? Yeah, I know what you did, but I still love you. My hand's not off you. One of my favorite Major League Baseball stories, and I've shared this story before, but it's a great story. Uh, Babe Ruth had went from being mighty Babe up here in the New York Yankees, got traded to the Boston Red Sox, finally went out to the Braves. As he got older, like everybody else, he gains weight, loses a step, doesn't hit as far, doesn't field as well. He's praying for the Braves. They're going against the Cincinnati Reds. They're playing this game. And here's the mighty Babe. He's up to bat. 714 home runs to his name. Doesn't get beaten until some years later by Hank Aaron who's playing for the Braves. He gets up and he hits and he misses. He gets out in the field and he makes an error. Winds up allowing the Cincinnati Reds to get a 5.5 run lead on the Braves and they lose the game and it's all because of Babe's fault. The whole crowd is booing at Babe, this great superstar that is on the backside of his career. They're booing him, calling every name in the book, shaking their fists, hissing and, and it was just horrible. And this little boy, about seven, eight-year-old boy, Babe is his hero. He climbs over the fence, goes out to Babe, puts his arms around Babe's legs, and says, man, I love you, Babe. You're my hero. And the entire stadium, who's booing and hissing, gets quiet. While this little boy is tied to him, Babe pats him on the head, and they both walk off the field together. You see, the thing is, that whole stadium there, they didn't like Babe unless he was hitting the hits. He didn't like Babe unless they were, they didn't like Babe unless he was smashing the cover off the ball. They didn't like Babe unless he was doing what the Babe used to do. And if he couldn't do that, the crowd turned on him, but not that little boy. Because you see, the stadium loved Babe with a filio love, but that little boy loved love. Whether we're hitting home runs or whether we're putting up goose eggs. Whether we're getting thrown out at second or whether we're making the home run. Whether we make the error or we make the play. Jesus has said, my love for you is not based upon your performance. It's based on my grace. What about you, man? That frees me up a whole lot. I don't got to be good for God to love me. God loves me because He's good. I like what Jesus said. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What's these? These dudes? These 12 disciples? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, than what? This area? I think when Jesus said that, and once again, guys, I'm speaking anecdotally. This is just the way I see it in my mind. He's up there making breakfast. There's boats and nets and fishing gear and tackle boxes and bait and all that other stuff. What if Jesus would have said this in the middle of all of those boats and all that fishing gear? What if Jesus looked at Peter in the eye and said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? <coughs> More than all your stuff. Do you love me more than your past life? Do you love me more than the things that you used to cling to and the things that you used to roll with and the homies you used to roll with? With Jason is this. Lord, I really like you. I'm your buddy. But Pete couldn't get to that point where he says, man, I'm sold out. I think that there's probably lots of church people like that. They like coming to church. They like the preacher. They like the sermons. They like the songs. They like the fact that their church, if there's a church that's connected and reaching the community, they like the fact that their church does that. They like connect group. They like celebrate recovery. They like the things that we do for the community. They like God. They like the Bible. They like to pray. They like the whole idea of being a Christian. You see, Jesus has not called us to like him. He's called us to love him. 
Now, here's the thing. We will do the things we like, but we will stop doing the things we like in order to do the things we love. Maybe it's golfing, fishing, camping, shopping. We love doing those things. But when, when we get to the point that we're doing the things, we lo- uh, the things that we enjoy doing, the things that we love doing, and those things that we love doing isn't Jesus. Something's wrong. Because, man, if we really love Jesus, coming to church isn't a big problem. If we really love Jesus, paying the tithe is not a big problem. If we really love Jesus, being in his words is not a big problem. If we really love Jesus, then being on our knees in prayer is not a big problem. If we really love Jesus, serving in the church is not a big problem. I'll tell you the people who do. Lord, I'm your buddy. I'm your homie. I like you. But you see, that's not what he's asked us for. I'm going to bring one last point, then I'm going to be done. Um, John 21, 17. Jesus said to Simon Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you, what's that word? He's calling him out now. He said, do you really even like me the way you say you like me? Are, are, you, even that, are you even that much? And do you see how, how gracious Jesus is in all that? All Jesus could give, I'm sorry, all Peter could give Jesus at that moment is this. I want you to remember where, where Peter's been. He's been through the mill. He's been, he's, been, uh, he's been guilty of saying, I don't know Jesus, after Peter had spent three years with Jesus, seeing him raise people from the dead, give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf speech to the mute. This is Pete, okay? This is the one that was in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John. This is Pete. Pete can't even tell Jesus, I love you. Pete can't say, I love you with an agape love, Jesus. So this time Jesus says, okay, do you, do you filio love me? And Peter says, yeah, Lord, I filio love you. Now here's the thing. You know what? You know what Jesus wanted Peter to say. You know that Jesus wanted Peter to just be so in love with him, enraptured with that agape love. But the best Peter could give Jesus at this moment was, Lord, I've denied you. I feel like, I feel horrible. I feel ashamed. I feel less than. I don't feel worthy to be your disciple. I don't feel worthy to have you serve me breakfast, let alone for me to take the shoes off your feet. Or I, I can't even tell you that because you know my heart. You ever felt like you're not enough? That there's no stinking way God could use you. You've been divorced, or you've been in trouble with the law, or you've been addicted, or you're coming, uh, you're coming into your recovery, or, or whatever. You just feel like, man, there's no way God can love me. Or, or if He loves me, it's not as much as He loves other people. Because I'm worse than other people. Church, if Jesus is telling us anything in this particular verse, it's this. Peter was saying to Jesus, Jesus, all I can give you right now is filio. And Jesus is saying, all right, man, I'm not going to berate you. I'm not going to chastise you. I'm going to accept you where you're at. I'm not going to wait for you to be the kind of person I want you to be before I'll use you. Church, listen to me. You may not be where you need to be spiritually or with Jesus. Your commitment may not be 100%. There may be things in your life that aren't right. But can I tell you what? Jesus still wants you. He still wants you. He doesn't want you to throw in the towel and walk away. He still wants you. Church, that's the Jesus you and I serve. We don't have to be perfect to be loved and to be used by God. But what He wants from us is this. Hey, do your best.
Do your best. Don't go back to your old life and think that you're off the hook. I've taken the hook and now I've given you a crook to take care of the shepherd's crook. Now I've given you the shepherd's crook to take care of other people. Feed them. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my little lambs. Church, if we love Jesus, this other stuff will take care of itself. If the best we come up with is filio, there will be some times where we put other things ahead of Jesus. But can I tell you what? If this, the best, if this is the best you can give Jesus, he'll take it. Don't be content there. Don't stay there. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's Peter saying, Lord, I, I filio you. I filio you. I just can't reach you. You ever wonder if Peter turns around? If he gets redeemed, if he gets back to where he was, the answer is yes. This is the same guy that preaches on the day of Pentecost and thousands of people come to the Lord. This is the guy that God uses to establish the early church. This is the guy that God uses to shepherd the early church as their pastor. And this was also the same guy who says, I don't even know Jesus. Church, there's still hope for us. We might have messed up things. We could have hair lips and things in our life, but I got great news for you. Jesus isn't done with you. Your family may be, but Jesus isn't. Your kids may be, but Jesus isn't done with you. Your mom and dad, maybe you don't even talk to them. Jesus isn't done with you. Brother Mike, you don't know what I did. Guess what? I don't care what you've done. But the bigger question is, Jesus is the God of forgiveness, and he ain't done with you yet. No matter where you are, no matter where you've been, your job's not done until he calls you home. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to tell you that I love you. I want to thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. Thank you, Father, for loving us in spite of our failures and our sin. Father, I pray that we would love you and live for you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. And the church said... I hope you have a great Father's Day weekend. I hope you get to spend some time with your family or you get to spend some time relaxing. I uh, hope you get to, uh, hope you just get to enjoy today and tomorrow. I think some of y'all have tomorrow off. You have tomorrow off. Enjoy your time. Uh, and tell you what, before we, we leave, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to say a word of uh, closing prayer and I'll dismiss you. Again, happy Father's Day. What would you, I want, did you want me to give an announcement or something? Elizabeth's got two more weeks. All right. She had that baby here. We're praying. Hurry up. Huh? Right on, baby. She's planning the birth around vacation. That's awesome. Tell me how that works out. That's awesome. Pam, did I forget any announcements, son? Huh? Joe's birthday. Joe's birthday. Yeah. Is Joe here? Joe! <laughs> Happy birthday to Joe. Happy birthday to Joe. Happy birthday, dear Joe. Happy birthday to Happy Father's Day, buddy. Uh, Ridge, it's good to have you home, man. Will you lead us a word of closing prayer? Thank you, pal. Hey, Lord, you are so good. I just want to thank you for allowing us to come together in unity this morning, God, to be able to.
about you and be able to dive into your word, Father. Father, I pray that going to this week we'll be able to draw near to you, Father, and pray that your hand will just be upon us. I ask in your holy son's name. Amen.